Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his good friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Monday, January 24th, 2022. And this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I have built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games, is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. Picks that get an A are the ones I love, picks that get a B are the ones I like, and picks that get a C are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Jake, last weekend, uh, a lot of games, a lot of interesting games. Uh, I think we got a lot to cover here on our little recap here. So I'm going to lead us off. All right. So we're going to start on Friday with Illinois. That that uh, Kofi Coburn news kind of kind of hurt the hurt her pick or hurt my pick at least. Um, but he, I didn't realize this, but he is so incredibly important to how that team is set up, both offensively and defensively, with because their guards are good at spot up threes and be able to go in, go inside and out, but they can't create their own without him in the middle. Um, Wisconsin's yeah. bench. Well, I was, I was just saying about Illinois. I, I, I completely agree. We were texting about that Friday night. I was shocked at how bad they looked defensively. I, I, I kind of figured it would hurt them a little bit on both sides of the ball, but they looked lost defensively. Like you said, offensively, it just got stagnant. It, it was absolutely right that we knew he was important, but it, it was kind of a train wreck that second half without him for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe with a little more game plan time, they'll, they'll underwood be able to scheme something up, but like, they weren't Friday. Like, they were rough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wisconsin has a very thin bench, and that's going to be an issue because I know Tyler Wall was out, and he's a good player, but he's not like their main player, and they looked lost offensively and defensively without him. They couldn't handle anything that Michigan State was doing. Yeah, and Michigan State Friday night looked kind of like that team I, I, I talked about in March, that same sort of thing. I feel like every time I expect something from them, they let me down. Every time I don't, they play well, and they played fantastic. And so uh, Michigan State really coming along kind of under the radar, I feel like, with that really impressive road victory. Yeah, they had, I think, six days to prepare for this Wisconsin team, so that, that was a big advantage. But, mm-hmm. I, mean, they, I mean, Tyler Wall was the biggest advantage. Not, not having to worry about him made Michigan State look really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on the Saturday, LSU's offense is non-existent, and they really have to have their defense turn people over, and they really need Xavier Benson to come back. The Missouri transfer is the quarterback of that entire offense. They look just they just scramble around without yeah. him on the floor, and it's it's rough. Yeah, they went long stretches without scoring against Tennessee, and and I I took LSU in the points on Saturday, and uh, you know they had they had times where they looked fantastic, and then they just went these long stretches without scoring, and Tennessee was just able to dominate really the early part of the first half, and then uh, the early part of the second half, and then a, a little bit later as well to put that game out of reach. LSU is a, a team that. Um, has sometimes been able to overcome that, uh, as as we saw in the Alabama game, being able to get the cover there, uh, but they were not able to overcome it at all against Tennessee. So they're definitely a team, I feel like, that's kind of teeter-tottering on. It, it, it's either going to – if they kind of figure it out, they've got a chance to make a run, but they also have a chance to be balanced early if they don't figure that out. Yeah, yeah. The, like, I think they're the number one ranked defensive efficiency team. They turn – like, when that defense is going, it's really hard to score, but if you're not turning the ball over, they, they're not going to score – their yeah. offense is rough and it's yep. um <laughs> this is this is my favorite take of the weekend 
Auburn may be the only truly scary team in NCAA right now. That you can't really point to a weakness like, ooh, I can beat them if I win X matchup or anything like that. They are just terrifying, and especially at home. It's they made a very hot Kentucky team look average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of a, a kind of a little bit of a hot take there, but Auburn. Uh, you know, obviously you have, you have some other really good teams in the country. You know, people talk about Gonzaga, uh, obviously deserves a ton of respect, but the way Auburn's playing right now, I do not want to play them. That's for sure. No, like, I mean, there's, I'm not saying they're, they're the only team out there. What I'm saying is it's just truly scary because I don't know how you attack them. Like with Gonzaga, you're like, Ooh, we got to win the guard play. Like Mm -hmm. Duke, you know, like you're going, okay, we, we've got to take care of Pablo and then not let, AJ Griffin go five for five for three like Syracuse did or like you know Texas Tech you know you just force them to turn the ball over they just don't have that weakness yep yep but that makes sense yeah leading into that you have I've got I've got Texas Tech and Baylor being like back to national uh, national title contender range like Baylor's finding its groove again and Texas Tech is not missing a beat and they're and Shannon Terrence Shannon Jr. finally had his good game getting his legs underneath him scoring 23 uh, against West Virginia. Yeah, both those teams are starting to play better again. And Tech uh, Tech is a team you don't want to run across. We'll talk about them, of course, shortly here today with their big game. Uh, but they're, they, they've been a fun team to watch uh, as the season's gone along, just get scarier and scarier okay. as the years go on. Yeah. Um, this is probably my hottest take. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll disagree here, but I think Marquette is the best team in the Big East right now. You can't with the run they're on with who they've been. I know they started off rough. I think they lost their first three or four Big East games, but they have won every one of them since. Um, I, I don't know that like Villanova has got that thin bench. Xavier disappears offensively at times, and Seton Hall is has bad luck it seems to me. But Marquette is that team in the Big East right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a hot take. Uh, the way they're playing right now, it, it's hard to disagree with that. Marquette has been fantastic. Uh, we we talked about them from you know weeks ago. We said they were starting to turn it on. Uh, hopefully, you, you know you were following that advice. They've been um, just fantastic in a loaded Big East. We we talk about the Big East constantly. They are a lot of fun to watch. A lot of teams at the top. You wonder with Marquette. My my concern for them are they peaking too early, um, especially in that conference uh, with how good they are. It, it's a conference that you could easily find yourself losing three out of four. Yeah. because of how tough the schedule is and, and they're definitely how right now the key for shock the smart uh, is being able to continue this into february into march and just showing that he's got a truly uh dominant team that's going to be his task uh but my my i'm going to make a, another hot take we will be talking in about a month about another new big, best team in the biggies i don't know who it'll be but i feel like somebody else is getting hot there's so many good teams in there uh in that conference it's, it's somebody else is going to get hot uh, I, I i think but that, that great conference to watch a lot of fun uh, a lot of fun takes there um in the biggies the last thing i learned this weekend was i think michigan may be coming back to not where they were expected at the beginning of the year but get, getting there they they played Really good with Illinois. I know it's a 15-point score, but it was under five with about five left. And then Illinois kind of took off, and that was with Kofi. Um, but they just beat a pretty good Maryland team. And it was at home, but then they just went to IU and beat IU. And you made, like the arguments against that is Maryland's not the greatest team, and IU was on a letdown. But they really dominated the IU team. It, was, it wasn't never as close as the score even said. 
Yeah. And we talked about Michigan a couple of weeks ago where, right. We said that they're at a turning point here. They've got to, they don't get it going. It's, it's going to be a rough season for them. And, and maybe they're turning, turning the corner going the right direction there. I find it interesting of all of the recap, we spent longer than usual there. The one conference, we did not talk about the ACC. Uh, in my opinion, the ACC is just a dumpster fire. We're talking about them starting off today's slide that we got two ACC games to cover the first one at 6 PM central Louisville at Virginia. The model makes this, uh, Virginia minus four and a half. So I've got a B pick on Louisville plus five and a half. Look, I- I'm going to make this short and sweet. I don't trust the ACC. I don't trust anybody in the ACC. I think if you take points in every game in the ACC, you're probably going to make money. I feel like we covered this in football season. Cousin Jared came up with this point, just said, who the heck knows with this conference? Take points. And I think that turned out to be a pretty good strategy. I think the same thing here. I, I think... There's going to be some blowouts. You never know which way it's going to go. Go, but if it's a close game, you got points. Uh, Jake, what's your take? I'm, I'm thinking leaning with you a little bit. I don't recommend watching this. These are two underperforming teams that are just not. They can't get it together. Um, I mean, Louisville's lost four of its last five, and and has lost their last two on the road, and they're very just average team in every stat they are just you know, like eh, eh, you know and so it's just one of those things and you've, they've got to have Noah Locke and Malik Williams going off and their struggle is that over the last five those guys are, are underperforming their season averages like I think both of them average above 10 and then their last five they're um, Noah's at eight and Malik's at seven so without their big best offensive guns going it's hard for them to do Virginia, they just don't play their Tony Bennett style is really good style if you've got a good team. Like, but they're not gonna blow people out because they're not that good defensively this year. And they're not his offense isn't ever a great quick offense that puts up a lot of points. So if you're not scoring a lot of points, you're not getting a lot of stops. Every game's gonna be close. Um they run everything through Jaden Gardner and Armand Franklin. But those two guys aren't anything special. I just don't watch it. Take Louisville and check the score as you're watching a different game. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where I look at both of those teams, and my main just thought is, who the heck knows with either one of those teams? Um, so yeah, I think taking the points are smart. On to another ACC game tonight, uh, the, the better quality one. But I'm going to say the same thing. Who the heck knows, right? I feel like both of these teams are up and down. 7 p.m. Central, Virginia Tech at North Carolina. I've got an A pick on Virginia Tech plus six because the model thinks it should only be North Carolina minus three. Um, To me, this is, uh, we talked about this last week. Has anybody figured out North Carolina? Uh, Like I said, I think I can explain that. Has anybody figured out the ACC? This is my drop a comment game or drop a comment on the conference. If you figured out anything with the ACC, please let us know because we thought it was at least Duke and then they've kind of had some ups and downs as well. Every time you think someone's turning it on, they fall apart. I mean, it's just a a, a bonkers conference here. So I've got an A pick on Vatek. Same theory, taking the points. North Carolina either holds Virginia Tech down and wins this game by 30 or they lose it. And I feel like it's one of those kind of no-in-between type situations. Uh, Jake, what's your take? Uh, I'm, I'm on North Carolina for this. They're, they're a very good home team. They're 9-0 at home, 8-0 uh, as a home favorite covering the vast majority of the time. Um, they actually are better offensive than what gets normal credit for. They're uh, 76 in effective shooting percentage. And they rank 40 in offensive efficiency overall. Um, 
They've won their last two home games by 20, but just to show their inconsistency, they've lost their last two road games by 20. So, <laughs> that's that's yeah. wild. I, yeah. I don't know how that's possible in conference play. Non-conference play, if you're a middle-of-the-road team, sure, you get a couple of cupcakes, yeah. you know, at home, you win by 20, you get, a, you know, but I, I, in conference play, that just seems impossible to do. Yeah, it, it, it's, but, you know, it's North Carolina, they're pulling it off. Yeah. Um, they, they have a very thin bench is one of their issues, and their bench players, obviously, all the bench players everywhere play better at home because you're more comfortable. Um, and they're just not great defensively. The drop-off between Roy Williams and uh, is it Hubert Davis has been drastic. Like in how – because it's the same – it's really the same roster um, minus Walker Kessler but, um, and Garrison Brooks. But those two guys were, are very good, but they're, they're not the difference in this team. They're allowing 72 points per game and only forcing nine turnovers. So it's not like they're doing a lot of the defensive end to help themselves out. Um, but Virginia Tech is 0-3 as an underdog. It's kind of like one of the reasons I'm leaning that way. And they're, they've got a losing record on the road of 3-4, and four, and they're 1-4 uh, and four in their last five road games. They, they just don't travel well. And, I mean, Justin Mutz is the key player to the team. He doesn't lead them in scoring. But he has he leads them in every, every other statistic, so he is he is the guy they're going to key on. And I think with Garcia and Caleb Love um, for North Carolina, they'll key on him and kind of slow him down, and that'll hurt. That'll be the big reason in the game. But uh, they really take care of the ball, so I don't know what's going to happen here. This is really going to be up in the air. But I'm on North Carolina. It should be a fun game to watch just because I don't think anybody has any idea of what to expect in that one. Uh, speaking of fun games to watch, the game of the night, 8 p.m. Central, Texas Tech traveling to Lawrence, Kansas. The model has Kansas minus six, so it's a B pick for me on Texas Tech. I kind of think a similar thought as what I've already said. Maybe I could have just you know made a recording and just played that on loop for you here, right? It's a lot of points. Um, for a situation where I don't really know what will happen. The way Tech's played lately would not surprise me if they went on the road and won, but obviously it's tough to play really well um, at Kansas. And so this is one of those situations where I just think it's a little bit few too many points here. I like the way Tech's been playing lately. So a B pick for me on Tech plus seven. Uh, Jake, what's your take? Yeah, I'm all over Tech in this one. I'm not exactly sure why Kansas is getting that like, why they're favored by so much, um, especially they've in their last two games, they've needed big second half comebacks. They've been real flirting with disaster, especially at Kansas state game. Like if you're, if you're Kansas state and Bruce Weber, you're, you're kicking yourself all day after probably all this week after letting that one go. Given that one away. Like, they get very dependent on their guards, which kind of is an advantage for Texas tech with how they play defense. Cause Abaji and Braun are the only two averaging above double figures. And the rest of the team, like you got McCormick at nine, and then it just waterfalls down after that. So that, that was kind of surprising. But like, and I think that goes to Tech's advantage because of how they play defense and how they're up in your face pressure. Um, they're not a good free throw shooting team either, Kansas. Like they rank 189. So in a game where you're looking under 10, that becomes a big, big issue. Um, and they're just middle of the road and defense, and they're a fairly good shooting team, but they but haven't been against very good defensive teams. Like they average eighty points a game normally, but against like the top tier defensive teams, like your Kansas State, your Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech, and those they've been averaging just slightly below seventy. 
So that's a, I mean, that's a 10 point difference, which is pretty big. But I mean, you've got Texas Tech, who's won five of their last seven coming in. They, Terrence Shannon Jr., looked to see, get his legs under him and finally had his best offense. They, Texas Tech beat Kansas already with a shortened roster. I don't think they had McCormick that game either. So that, that was, that's a really big win. Um, and they're only allowing 59 points a game, which is crazy when you start looking at the conference they're playing in. Yep. Like with some of those offenses, like it's incredible. They're keeping people below 60 on the year. Um, as long as they can keep that turnover bug from biting them, which in their last three, they're averaging nine versus the 14 they're averaging on the year. So they may have fixed that a little bit, but if they can keep that under wraps, I think they pull it out and win, win it outright. Oh, bold, bold. I think they got a chance. They've been playing really well. Um, if you know the Big 12, you already know what I'm about to say. So you could fast forward about 30 seconds past this little spiel. If you don't pay attention on this one, Kansas and Kansas State have a very fierce rivalry with football and basketball. Kansas State's been the better football team, and they love to run up the score on Kansas. I mentioned that in the College Football Podcast. We did that um, that game Basketball, same thing, reverse. Kansas Billsoff loves to run the score up on Kansas State. So if you see that game this last weekend and think that was a, a letdown spot or something and you're giving Kansas a pass, don't. They went to that game. They knew it would be tough. They wanted to win, and they wanted to win by 100. So I, I just I, I want to caution everyone handicapping tonight's game. Don't look back on that last result and say, oh, well, Kansas just gets a pass because they were looking ahead to their game against Tech. They were not. That is not the way – uh, that, that rivalry operates. So I think um, you saw some of Kansas's true struggles uh, against Kansas State. Again, a good team, just maybe maybe Tech and Baylor are the top two teams in the conference and Kansas slots behind them at third. It's very possible. We'll learn a lot more tonight. Should be a fantastic game. And also at that same time slot, 8 p.m. Central, St. John's at Seton Hall. I've got an A pick on Seton Hall minus seven. The model thinks they should win by 10. I'm just going to remind you on this one, you're betting numbers, people, and not teams. And I don't mean that as in the teams don't matter, because obviously the players do. What I'm saying is it's not just about who you think is going to win, who you think the better team is. It's who you think the better team is at that number. And so that's just a good reminder here, especially on this game. I never know where the number is going to go. I never try to, you know, prognosticate that, um, or I rarely do, because I'm usually wrong if I try to project. I love this number at seven. It's diff seven's different from eight, it's different from nine and a half. And again, I don't know where the number's going to go, but if it gets up to eight, that drops to a B pick. If it gets up to nine and a half, that drops to a C pick. It's one of those things where at seven, I think Seton Hall is the much better team and fouls can easily get us over that number. You got a lot of ways to cover seven, which is why I love that number. Once it gets to eight, eight and a half, nine, it's not impossible. I still think Seton Hall is the better team, but it just gets a little bit harder to cover that number. So at seven, A pick for me, I love Seton Hall. I think they're the better team at home, and I think they can handle a St. John's team that is, might be a little bit on the ropes here um, in this tough conference uh, slate for them. Uh, Jake, what's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Seton Hall. These two teams, this is weird scheduling by the Big East. They're playing back-to-back. -back. Um, and, and Seton Hall just won by six on the road, so you would think at home they're going to play better. Um, they really contained Julian Champagne, who only scored nine when he averages above 20 in their last game. And, and I think that's due to Seton Hall has a lot of good guards and they're really good defensively. Um, and, the, and 
there's not much on that St. John's team after Champagne. Like, Posh Alexander has been kind of disappointing. I think they had higher expectations for him this year than what he's producing. Um, but, I mean, if you can, if you find a way to watch this one while you're watching the Texas Tech-Kansas uh, game, watch it because Julian Champagne is worth a watch. He, that yep. guy can just take a team, put it on his back, and carry him. It's, he's incredible and a lot of fun. But I don't think he'll be enough. I think Seton Hall's got the formula for him to kind of keep him under wraps. Um, they shoot fairly good for the free throw, and they're seven and zero and covering at seventy one percent of the time at home as a home favorite. They're uh, Jared Roden will be on his game tonight. Just they they've really got to get going in the Big East. They've they've had some bad bad luck, and they've really got to get it turned around. And like you said, the under ten and free throws like like at seven is big. They rank twenty first, and they make almost eighty percent of their free throws. Like when you're under Love ten, that, I guess good. And yeah. but like as it gets closer to ten, that's where things get weird because they might not get the fouls they need. But seven, exactly. if it's close like that, they'll get the fouls they need to do it. Um, exactly. So Seton Hall is the play tonight. Yep, great nugget there. And uh, like you're talking about, the, these two teams just played this weekend. The home game for St. John's that was the one they needed to win, and they couldn't get it done. I don't see things going any easier for them here uh, now in the road rematch. I've got some exclusive pod content for you here in our buzzer beaters. We've got six plays for you. Uh, the total of the day is over 137 and a half in the Loyola, Maryland at Colgate game. I expect a lot of points there. I've also got the total of the day not in the Google sheet. Why is that? Because I'm only playing the totals if I don't have an A or B pick on the sides. And so this is the total that I have a pick on the side there. You can see that in the Google sheet. But total-wise, I like this as well. I like under 145 in San Diego at Santa Clara. I like that one to be a little bit lower scoring than the pundits think. I've got the A-plus pick of the day, my favorite of all the A-picks, Texas Southern minus 11 and a half versus Alabama State. I think Texas Southern, um, when they get out and start dominating teams, it just snowballs. I expect that to happen here tonight. I've got the best B-side for you, Prairie View A&M minus six and a half versus Alabama A&M. Look, both of those are sweat games. You probably aren't going to be able to watch them, but as we talked about a lot before, right, you don't have to watch these games to make money on them. So I like those as my favorite A and B picks. I've got the dog of the day, Towson plus 110 on the money line at Delaware. I think they go on the road and get the outright victory. And then I've got the last one, the plug your nose and play, Tennessee State. I've loved them all season. I think they get it done for us here, plus 13 and a half. At a very good Moorhead State team, but I think Tennessee State is one of the few teams in that conference that can at least keep it closer um, but it's a, definitely a plug your nose and play because Moorhead State is a great team. So you're not going to love to fade them, but I think that's too many points there for Tennessee State. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? Yeah. My buzzer beaters, I like New Hampshire minus 10. Maine is really bad, and this New they Hampshire are. team is surprisingly good, especially shooting the ball. And so I think I think they win closer to 20, uh, 15 to 20 range. And then back to the ACC, um, Wake Forest is an underrated team. Um, they've got can't remember his name, but a really good guy that he scores about 20 a game and Boston College just doesn't have anything to get in the way. Um, so they cover that two and a half, I think fairly easy. Um, and I can't recommend Texas Southern enough. You're right. They they just snowball and roll over people. They just, everything just grows and grows and grows. And they'll, they'll take the lead early and just, it'll just balloon. Yep. Um, but that's yep. all, that's all I've got today. I like both of your buzzer beaters. I have both of those as B picks as well. I, I co-sign on those. And like you said with Texas Southern, they either seem like they 
can't get it going and they lose, which it doesn't matter if they lose, if they're 11 and a half point favorites or if they win by three, it's still a loss either way, right? Or if things get rolling for them, it gets out of hand, it gets ugly. So that's what we're looking for there. And that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder to check out that Google sheet for all picks and totals on today's games. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. We will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.